Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today we're going to be talking about things you might not know about the church buildings. That's right. We're going to take a look inside of Catholic church buildings, talk about all the different parts, what they're called, and what the secret meaning of each of these parts are. So, let's open up the doors and enter into the church. Kind of a basic topic today, but within that basic topic, we're going to find a lot of meaning. It's in history. basic, but at the same time, like how many people know, you know, the names for different parts of the church and the purpose of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of intricacy and a lot of particularities in any church, and you're going to find them in every church, whether they're a beautiful Gothic cathedral or just your average run-of-the-mill suburban parish. There are specific things and specific areas and the reasons that churches are designed the way they are for different uses. And we're going to go into those, tell you what the names of those areas are, what they're used for, and a little bit of the uh, inf- you know the interesting things about them. And it really helps you to settle into the church and what's actually being accomplished and where you're going, right? So first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to St. Therese of Lisieux because it's one of my favorite quotes about the church and our, the sense of where we are in the world. She says, the world is thy ship not thy home, right? It's like the sense of being on a journey and a voyage in a ship, that's that's the church. And there's elements, as you're going to see, from these expressions and these names for these different parts of the church that actually come from a nautical background. Yeah. I mean, if you see a lot of churches, particularly I think ones built in the last 50 years, you'll see a lot of the churches have kind of a concave roof. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they're built almost identically like the hull of a ship, it's really kind of interesting, the, the nautical, I guess, uh, references. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. there's also the side of the church architecture that it is referenced towards a body because, again, a lot of the churches are laid out like a body, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of different cool allegories as to why the church is laid out mm-hmm. the way they are. Yeah, and churches that are cruciform or more Romanesque. There's a lot of different uh, you know architectural expressions throughout the history of the church. But this is just purely, the, and the purpose of this show is to really look at what's in every single church. Yeah, I, I'd also like to, you know, because you're building a church right now, or you're in mm-hmm. the process of raising money in your parish. It's going to be a, a really amazing day. And to see you consumed by it so oh, passionately. Yeah, I love it. it. It'd be nice to hear kind of, you know, some of your oh, for sure. ideas for sure. And, and concepts around that too mm-hmm. as well. So let's start with, I think probably the next time you walk into a church, you're going to hear these things and you're going to now be able to point out these different areas and really get a deeper understanding of your time and your experience in the church. But I think for most people, when you go into a church and, and you're looking around, the eye is drawn towards where the altar is, mm-hmm. and, and that is the sanctuary. The sanctuary. The sanctuary mm-hmm. to me, I think that, I mean, that's the focal point of the church. That's where that's where it all happens, right? The magic. Right. Now, before you before you get into the sanctuary, you're coming up to the facade of the church, and there's always it's very important for a church to have main doors. So you may have other doors and and you know uh, entrances, but really there should be one main door, and that comes from Christ the Gate, right? So that's why you'll see a lot of um, parishes, especially historic parishes, their ornamentation is in that that central door, and they open those doors up for the Sunday congregation to enter. Enter, you're entering through the gate that is Christ mm-hmm. from the scriptures. Yeah, a lot of cathedrals will have like jubilee doors where during a jubilee mm-hmm. year, 
you know, going through them is an indulged act, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, entering the church through that gate. I'm, I'm carrying the cup of uh, the Jubilee from 2000, JP2. And it's looking and worse for the wear, too. It's it, all cracked up. I mean, it really is. I love it. But but it, that's exactly that's exactly right. Like, there is grace entering into the gate. You know, there, there's, a, there's an affiliation and a, a sense of being one part of the body, mm-hmm. the flock of Christ. So that that's the important part to start with is really... That main door okay. is is the gate. So the mystery entering the mystery yeah. of the body of Christ too, yeah. as well. So and, then, and it's like right away your eyes, like you said, Sheila, yeah. are drawn to the sanctuary, and that's where we're searching. Like we're searching and we're finding uh, Christ in the midst of the church, and He's there in the sanctuary. Yeah, I mean the sanctuary really is a a replica of the holy of holies of the Temple of Solomon, uh, even in Catholic. Roman Catholic churches up to a couple hundred years ago, they had the big iconostasis like you'll see in uh, in Byzantine churches, right? A big gate in yeah. front of it. Uh, and that that calls to mind the, um, the curtain in the temple, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, you have this area that is holier than holy. It, and the, the, the sanctuary really does call to mind that holy of holy. That's what it is meant to emulate. It's where mm-hmm. heaven and earth... Yeah, me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's where the liturgical action takes place, specifically at the altar. It's where transubstantiation takes place. That fancy word, epiclesis, where that's taking place. And and it should be elevated in the midst of the community and a focused distinction between all of the other parts of the church. Oh. That that is central. Whether with a iconostasis like you're talking a about screen, or, yeah, or, or just like a, a some steps leading up yeah. or an altar rail, altar rail things yeah. like that it, it really accents it and it points to you know something important is happening here that's transcendent mm-hmm. because i think deep down inside of all of every single human being is that that longing and that searching for transcendence that's mm-hmm. searching for you know truth beauty and goodness and you know realizing what we have within the the design of a church is so important to emphasize that as the paramount uh, mm-hmm. because that's where the source and summit of our faith is held yeah I, you know in thinking of the holy of holies you know the ark of the covenant was placed on on the stone there, that was the top of Mount Moriah, right? Mm-hmm. It was an unhewn stone. It was the tie at highest point in the outcropping. I think again, I love that tie. That's great. Yeah, I think, but that also calls to mind number one the elevation of the altar, mm-hmm. the curtain being the rood or the altar rail, but then the um, the altar being that highest point of Mount Moriah, being that stone. And altars mm-hmm. really were always meant to be stone, an unhewn stone, even you know from the earliest church. And I think, again, that's another parallel to see the continuation of, of how the Catholic faith is really a continuation or culmination of the temple worship, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that altar right there is the focal point. If the, if the sanctuary is the focal point, the altar is the focal point of the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. Uh, so talk a little bit about the altar. And it, the altar itself is a, an expression of Jesus's resurrection. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's an important thing uh, to consider. You know, if you've ever been to Jerusalem, you know, entering into where Jesus rose, like 
you know, and, and on that stone, <laughs> you know, you put your hands and you celebrate mass, mm, mm-hmm. the place where Jesus you celebrated wrote. mass. Sir? I didn't get to, I wasn't a priest yet, but, um, I bet you Schmitz got to say that. <laughs> Carry on. One day, one day. Um, but no, like, like to consider that being replicated at every altar around the world. That's ever been established and consecrated. So by are the you bishop. saying like the, there's a stone that w- the stone that in was in the holy over? sepulcher? Yeah, the stone that no, was rolled. No, over? the stone, the, the stone where he was laid in the tomb. In okay, the tomb. so he was laid in the tomb, in the tomb. on a stone, yeah. and and they've built like a wow. chapel over that, mm-hmm. and then yeah. the holy sepulcher, the big church, yeah. is built over that. I've yeah. been there, yeah. dude. It is just so powerful, yeah. man. And but to to think like. Every single altar that has been consecrated with the oils by the bishop is that reality. Mm-hmm. We're cool. celebrating it's that. Re- yeah. It's Calvary. And, and, and oh. that's the beauty of our faith that, you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the sacramental church and the succession of the apostles, we've now established and erected altars everywhere in mm-hmm. every country, in every town. Like that's, that's amazing to think about. So well, what's what's in an altar? Because this this was really cool discovery that I, I mean I didn't make it, but you know I I found out that that all the altars have bones of martyrs, saints, and I mean like talk For a little bit about relics. that. Ryan Anthony Delacross. Hi. So do you realize what saint is in the altar of the place where you were confirmed and and uh, and you received first holy communion? At no. resurrection, oh well, I, I was confirmed at resurrection. I was <laughs> I was baptized at uh, Christ yeah, King. Yeah, but you received first Holy Communion at resurrection, didn't you? Christ King. Oh, at Christ King. Yeah. Well, at resurrection, where you were confirmed, do you do you no. realize it? Anthony Ryan Anthony. He was my co- confirmation saint. Saint, saint Anthony. Wow. Your, your confirmation saint. My middle name. I know this, and and you know. Your confirmation saint was in the altar when you were confirmed. Yeah, so every altar does. It has a relic of a saint, typically the saint associated with the church. And this goes back to the practice of the early church in the catacombs where mass was said in the catacombs on the tombs of the saints. And the catacombs were basically like a graveyard, right? It it was. It was a graveyard. It was an underground, you know, they had, you know, stone walls, niches, and graves. And this goes back to that earliest of practices in the Roman church. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, like we have a reliquary underneath our altar mm-hmm. at my parish, and there's Thomas Aquinas, because my pastor is like a fanboy of mm-hmm. Thomas Aquinas, <laughs> and then um, there's St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, and then there's several others, mm-hmm. too, as well. Um, so you can actually have more than just one. I have I have a relic waiting to go into the altar stone, which which really is on the on the very top, so it's it's marble. Mm-hmm. And then embedded in it will be St. John Paul II, and that's going into the altar that we're designing, hopefully, God willing, from stone from Poland where JP2 grew up. Oh, that's when cool. you mm-hmm. When you celebrate Mass, I mean, are you, mm-hmm. are you very aware of this? Well, currently all of, my, all of my relics are in the safe, in the sacristy, and I bring them out for, for spe- like solemnities, uh, feast days. Because he's not Easter. in the permanent So you don't church. have to have per- I don't have a permanent altar yet. Yeah, so his yeah. doesn't have that requirement. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so until we do. Yeah. But, you know, it, in, in most especially historic parishes um, prior to Vatican II, 
Like it was absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. So in great, a greater majority of altars around the world, there's always going to be a relic of a saint mm -hmm. inside. And, and I like the style of your parish, Delacrosse, that you're currently at. Um, because there's actually a kind of an opening within the altar. It's a chamber and yeah. you open mm -hmm. it up with a key and you could host all of your relics yeah. in there. Yeah. Which yeah it's is like a, really a reliquary. Cool it's, yeah. it's a big, you know. So let's talk about a couple other things that are in the sanctuary. Um, so, you know, when you're proclaiming the gospel or giving your homily, you're standing at a thing called the ambo. Mm -hmm. Um, why don't you talk about that a little bit, what the ambo is? And yeah, so, you know, you have a lectern on, on the side where, you know, a cantor could come up and they'll communicate or, or guide people in music. Um, but what's what's happening at the ambo, it's the altar of the word. So, mm -hmm. and what's what's and that's why it's unique. It's not, you know... Uh, something that that it should emphasize and and be beautifully uh, built, so that we say, hey, something something very important it's is happening, happening from here, yeah. and what's being proclaimed is the word of God. And the reason we stand for the gospel is because we're standing at attention for Jesus's word, the word made flesh, and the good news that's proclaimed in in the name of Jesus. It's proclaimed from the ambo, the fulfilled word of God. Yeah, I mean, some people will call it a lectern or mm -hmm. a pulpit. Mm -hmm. uh, you hear the word pulpit, you preach in front of the pulpit. But in a Catholic church, it's called the ambo. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are really cool, like at um, uh, St. Patrick's in New York. It's you, know, you have to, like, walk up these stairs, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's very ornate. Mm -hmm. Some look like uh, a shell, mm -hmm. you know, like you're, you're in the middle of a shell. I don't know why. Uh, it's just weird. You know, like, I, have you ever seen one of those? I've seen one you reminded me of. Uh, it was on the wings of an eagle. Oh, my gosh. And, like, and, and that sounds like some the gospel of John. stuff right there. <laughs> yeah. the man, when I go to church, it's like the wings of an eagle, man. And literally, the scriptures rest on the eagle's wings, and it was like this this beautiful, you know. Where is that? It was in. I got to look this up. Yeah, where was that? It, it was at a Dominican parish in outside of D.C. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there's some really cool ones. Sometimes you'll see like spiral staircases and they're yeah. really up high because, you know, back so before cool. amplification, you wanted them to be higher up so the voice would travel. Ah, um, but that yeah, makes sense. That's, that's the ambo. Uh, most people just think of it as, the, you know, the little speaker's platform. But there's some particular theology mm -hmm. and some particular naming for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and those ambos, you know, a lot of times the the gospel would be processed through the congregation to the ambo that was like in the middle of the church mm -hmm. so that people everybody could hear, hear exactly what you're saying interesting so some other things in the sanctuary is the priest chair now everyone's seen the priest chair right sometimes it's made out of stone it's this very nice chair it looks like a throne he's up there like charlemagne no <laughs> uh, but that is in particular called Hercules. the presider's chair mm -hmm. Um, or the presidential chair, presidential yep. chair, mm -hmm. yeah, yep. presider's chair, and and it's the same thing with the vestments. Like, um, it's not that me, like Rich Pagano, like I deserve a chair. Like, I you mean, know, you deserve that, a chair I, or the chair, actually. <laughs> and, <laughs> the way you sit in it, though, I'm telling you. <laughs> and but it, it's it's really for Christ. Like, 
you know, celebrating the mysteries of our faith in the person of Christ. That's why the priest should wear beautiful vestments. Mm-hmm. You know, like some of the most ascetical priests in the history of the church, like St. Francis and St. John Vianney, like they would spare nothing for the sake of, of the celebration of the liturgy and and reverence the, the person of the priest. Mm-hmm. Because celebrating in persona Christi, that deserves something of of uh of a magnitude yeah yeah i mean it's not meant to be the king's chair it's not meant to be a place of great pride but really as a a showing of this is the person leading the congregation Mm -hmm. it's a leader's chair Mm -hmm. um now if you now if you're in most churches it's the presider's chair now if you go to a cathedral ah very good that's the seat it is the cathedral Mm -hmm. which is where the word cathedral comes from because that is where the bishop's chair is Mm -hmm. And you'll typically see in a cathedral on that chair, you'll see the bishop's coat of arms. That chair is Moses's chair, mm-hmm. right? You'll even see Jesus like, you know, they sit on Moses's chair, so they have the place of authority. That's where that comes from. And mm-hmm. nobody sits in that chair. Like, so if the rector of the cathedral is celebrating mass, he doesn't sit in yeah. the bishop's chair. He gets a side, yeah. you know, presider's chair. But yeah, go sit in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we brought you a fold-up chair. You go sit over there. <laughs> Yeah, so that there is a, there is a difference in that. A um, couple other things that are within the sanctuary typ- typically is, um, so if you ever seen mass, you have before the mass starts, they have the wine, the water, all the gifts on this little side table, and there's a specific name for that, that and that is the um, credence table. Credence table, mm-hmm. yeah, credence mm-hmm. clear water ri- revival. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking that. And I'm sure you were. Credo, you know, from the from the Latin root I believe word. table. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, a table. It's ta- the I believe table, man. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the other things that we're missing, too, is uh, is a tabernacle. And, and I'm glad that we emphasized sanctuary from tabernacle mm-hmm. because it's important to realize how important the altar is. And, and the liturgical action that happens within Mass when the Eucharist goes through that transubstantiation, because that's where the emphasis needs to be. The place of reserve may not be in the sanctuary. A lot of people, like, when I was coming up in the church and, you know, I had a Eucharistic conversion, they're like, you know, the tabernacle's not in the church. They put it over in this room over there. Mm-hmm. It's, ba- it's bad due to Jesus, you mm-hmm. know? But you go to the Vatican in St. Peter's. Correct. And it's a whole separate room where they have the, they the first the place of reserve was actually in a concocted like dove that they created, and it was the Eucharist was strictly reserved only for the sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only for the sick, and they would suspend suspend the dove up over over the sanctuary, hmm. and then they would lower it down to retrieve the Blessed Sacrament to go bring to the sick. So well, that sounds like a regular wow. tabernacle with more work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those Romans in this show, you know, a bunch, of ro- bunch of ropes and stuff. <laughs> You'd come down and be like, ah! <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, the, the sometimes when it's not, the, the tabernacle is not on the altar, it's in the Blessed Chapel. Yeah. You know, the Blessed, blessed Sacrament, Sacrament Chapel, chapel mm-hmm. which is a particular name for wherever that room that room is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what's really interesting, another you thing You have about, a blessed sacrament. Child. I do, yeah. I do. About the tabernacle itself is that it comes from the word tabernaculum, which is for a tent. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look in the Old Testament, before they built the temple in Jerusalem, 
they wandered with the the, tent. the Ark of the Covenant, yeah. and they would put up a tent, right? And that tent was the dwelling the place tent of, of, meeting. Mm-hmm. of God's of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's replicated again. This tent, you know, is now, you know, where Blessed Sacrament is. And that, I think that's just, again, an amazing continuation of temple yeah. worship. Mm-hmm. And we at the parish literally have a tent. Isn't that, isn't that right? Outside, yeah. I've got an cha- adoration chapel. I've got a You just uh, got an all, Richie. It's a, I don't it's have, a circus. I don't have kneelers. It's perfect. a regular circus. You got right. a tent, church, perfect teeth. <laughs> <laughs> In the dream parish. Dream parish. Wow, you just man, have it too I'm good. Just blessed, man. Blessed. Anything else that's typically in the altar area um, that I'm not? I mean, sometimes would the ambry be there? Uh, at times, yeah. So it's what the I think is. I think it's super important to actually have the ambry what, tell in the what sanctuary. So the ambry is what holds the sacred oils. You know, the oil of the sick, the oil of initiation, and the sacred chrism. Um, I think it's just so fitting to have the ambry. In the sanctuary. Yeah. Um, at times, they'll be in the back of the church near the baptismal font, which makes a lot of sense sure. because that's where you're doing baptisms. So, um, so you need the oil of initiation. You need the uh, you need the sacred chrism. Um, I but, think in a lot of modern churches, the ambry is really de-emphasized, and that's a shame. It is because yeah. if you go to a beautiful old church, I mean, the ambry will be it's there, a like prominent. Sometimes place. it'll be in a pillar. Yeah. With this beautiful yeah. like glass opening, and, and and you could see these beautiful cruets of these. Really important oils, and, and there's one in the in the cathedral too. Sure. That's really you, most of the cathedral ones are really yeah. cool. Yeah, the, the St. Augustine Cathedral, and then your yeah. Houston Cathedral too. Yeah. Uh, Ziegler did that that church build and that design, and it's it's on the side in these beautiful basins of, yeah. of uh, that that carry the oils. Very very well done, and and it draws your attention to it. Right, which, and which it, it then dr- makes it understand how important these oils yes. are. Yes, because if they're right. just you know in a little cabinet in the back, you're like, these must not be that important. Correct. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that these rich ornamentations of the church are kind of signs of wealth or you know flexing on signs everyone. Signs of God glory, man. Yeah, it's it's to draw people's eyes and beauty and understand the importance of a thing. It's not so a bishop can you know have a sweet crib and. Yeah, you know, flexing all the other rappers. Check priests. out my oils, man. I put right. them in my hair. Yeah. <laughs> For I celebrate mass. How man. do you think I maintain this beautiful <laughs> Look at bishop hair? <laughs> I gotta put it in my chair, man. <laughs> you know, the, you know the word bishop or bishop. Can you show everybody your shoes right now? <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> you gotta all look right. at these shoes. Why are you two always taking your shoes look off? <laughs> we have a de- we have a special dinner tonight with people who donated. <laughs> For the Catholic talk show. And no, I the Capitol campaign. They're cool. Even the oh, bottom are so gold. Oh, my so gosh. Funny. Those are so palaka, dude. Oh, man. Come on. Y'all know they're sweet. <laughs> so, hey, don't be throwing shade on palaka. You guys on Amazon. What do you know about palaka? Hey. More than I want to. <laughs> Nothing but love with the palaka lean. Uh, yeah, so those are the areas kind of within the sanctuary, which, again, I think it was fitting to start there because it's such the focal point. Uh, and, and, you know, like Ryan said, that's where the things are happening. Yeah. Uh, but there's some other areas of the church that are, you know, just, you know, you're probably just as unaware of the kind of meaning behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, Father Rich, what do you call the area where all the people sit? So the place where the congregation sits is the nave. That's mm-hmm. And this is where we're talking about like nautical references uh, because nave comes from the Latin root navis, which is like that sense of nautical, nautical yeah. you know, and, and uh, it's, it basically means ship. 
So you're in the ship, you're on your voyage, and the world is not your home. Like it's, it's you know, we're moving in the direction of home and we are within the ship on this voyage and, and being directed. So the nave is where people sit mm-hmm. or really traditionally stand. Um, you know, I believe it was pews were brought in after the Protestant Reformation. Pews are Protestant novelization. Yeah, so, so for all yeah. you Latin mass people who are like, no more Protestantism in the mass, start standing, get rid of your pews. Yeah, and that and that's and that's why a lot of these historic <laughs> okay, parishes you know don't have they just have chairs that they kind of bring and that's in only and for set the up. very old and yeah. firm. But normally you would you would You'd stand, stand and do a kneel. I went to a Melkite, I think it was a Melkite, right? They had the iconostasis and mm-hmm. man, we stood for like two and a half hours mm-hmm. and the kids were running around. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like they went in and did their thing. It's mm-hmm. the wild, wild east, man. And then they came out and they're just like, we got Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like really yeah, they'll, cool. They'll yell out, mm-hmm. the gates, the gates, the yeah, gates. And they, they're opening the doors of the I mean, what a What yeah. an Those expression rituals, of man, faith. So awesome. You know? So awesome. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. it, but it was just like, I mean, literally like a gathering space where people were just, mm-hmm. were just walking around. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, kids uh, were, you know. A lot playing. of churches, a lot of Gothic churches, the nave would also be taken to be meant in a cruciform church, which is shaped like a body, the nave would also be taken as the navel. Mm-hmm. And there would a lot of times be an image of Our Lady pregnant there. Mm-hmm. There would also be images of labyrinths there. Like like if you've ever seen like a hedge maze, yeah. they're on the floor and you'd walk around them. Uh, like uh, Chartres Cathedral has the really famous one of mm. that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like a new age thing. No. You know, like, mm-hmm. and hey, then we got a Zen garden. Let's walk around and pray. A lot of churches would also be built so that on particular feast days, where the main rose window above the uh, altar or, you know, in the uh, the back of the church, the light would shine through and perfectly line up with mm-hmm. the nave. Uh, a lot of times that would have to do with on, um, on the uh, Feast of the um, Annunciation. Mm. So that when it was the Annunciation, the light would be coming down on the navel and it would represent, uh, you know, the... Uh, Mary becoming pregnant. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty cool thing. So what is very that cool. puppy dog you have pulled up on the screen? Have to do with this? <laughs> that's that's my screensaver. That's Daisy. And and it's important to <laughs> it's important to recognize the nave as the middle part of the church and the transepts. It's it's different. Like the transepts mm-hmm. are very very different. So like the aisle in a transept is not the nave. Mm-hmm. If it's a cruciform parish, it it must be the middle part of of the main body of any church construction. Mm-hmm. So the transepts. So if you if you've been in a church that is cruciform, which is means shaped like a cross. Mm-hmm. If you look from above, it's shaped like a cross. The left and the right wing, typically, you know, just before the altar, those are called the transepts, mm-hmm. just like on a cross. The cross beam yeah. is a transept. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see a lot of chapels in there. A lot of times they'll have um, the confessionals in there, the confession boxes mm-hmm. in there. Uh, you'll have a lot for maybe, you know, daily masses, you know, ch- altars in there as well. So next part of the church that we should talk about. We got to talk about the sacristy. Oh, what did, yeah, let's talk about the sacristy. So the sacristy is, uh, is a place where, one, the priest gets prepared, uh, you know, and, and goes through uh, the prayers before Mass, vesting. We did a show on, on vestments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's where the sacred vessels are kept. And those sacred vessels are, are the vessels that are used for sacred 
functions within the liturgy. So they're the tools of the liturgy. Um, so your chalice and your patent, and there's normally a safe in yeah. the sacristy. Unconsecrated mm-hmm. wine. And unconsecrated hosts, unconsecrated yeah. wine. Um, yeah, is typically what's in the sacristy. And sometimes you have two sacristies. You have a priest sacristy, and then you have a working sacristy. The working sacristy is where the sacristans, who are the people that, that prepare all of the liturgies, go in and they retrieve all of the sacred vessels and place them, the cruets with the wine and the water, um, and, and the chalices and, and the uh I've the never seen a separate priest sacristy before. Yeah, a number of parishes have them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also the sink. So even even at, even at resurrection, right? Yeah. So the the parish you grew up at, there's the priest sacristy in the back, and then there's also a working sacristy to the left behind the choir, um, to the left of the sanctuary. So you walk back there; they have a lot of things. That's right. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, another area, kind of behind the altar in a cruciform church, you'll see kind of like a curved area behind it. A lot of times the sacristy will be right by that, but that back far area is called the the apse, right? That's a lot of times where the the tabernacle is held, is back there. Uh, you know, if you have a big uh, altar, one of the tall ones, you can typically walk behind it, and that's where the mm-hmm. apse is, and that'll lead to kind of either the sacristy or chapels or to administrative parts of the building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that type of design of a sanctuary. And then um, baldacchinos, which we, we haven't talked about, but uh, during a period of time of church architecture, there were the, uh, in the Renaissance, is the development of baldacchinos, which is really cool and gives emphasis to sanctuary. Which what, is, the which is like of a, the baldacchino is just... I mean, it's just beautiful. It's so beautiful. My home parish in New York and uh, off of 27 and Broadway is um, is Good Shepherd. And what a beautiful church that is. If you're ever in Manhattan to, to go up uh, uptown um, and you can stop over at 207 and Broadway and uh, they have a beautiful baldacchino. And it's, it's basically like a four pillared with like a dome uh, over yeah. top of the altar. And, it, and it's the same thing that, you know, you would have in like a, 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 a nice bedroom, like you'd have a baldacchino over your bed, right? And yeah, I know. Bald- those you got a baldacchino those- over I, your bed? I do not. Right? I do not. My kids would probably fall to their death if I had one. <laughs> um, no, but like the imagery of of, uh, uh, of marriage and, and the giving of oneself to another. Beautiful. And, and Christ reference, and his spouse yeah. in the church. Like, it's, like a, it's, a canopy bed. Yeah, it's like a canopy, canopy bed. bed. Yeah. Well, that's what a baldacchino is. Signifies, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't isn't that it's beautiful, what it man. signifies? It signifies this, this place of does now. It does exchange, now. You just explained it. Exchanging of persons. You yeah, know? Man. He exchanges himself for his life for us and his church, his spouse. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of churches, there'll be two sets of doors. You mentioned that first main door, mm-hmm. but then you'll walk in and there'll be this little area that's kind of informal. And then there'll be another set of doors where you actually get into the church proper. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you'll see bulletins being bulletins. passed out. <laughs> you'll see old ladies gossiping about Delacross. <laughs> oh, that Father Pagano, he looked a little worse for the wear this morning. <laughs> His friends might be in town. Yeah. That one, I don't know. Um, kind of a gathering space. It was meant as a gathering space. And that is called the Narthex. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very particular place. Uh you know, that's where, like, the priest will a lot of time greet people after Mass mm-hmm. uh, when it's cold, so they don't want to stand outside. Um, yeah. Like you said, there'll be all the 
pamphlets and the announcements and stuff like that. It's kind of like the public space is that of a, a church. Is that kind of a new no? That's very idea. Old. No. no, no. Narthex is very old because yeah. there was there was meant to be a divide between the sacred and the profane. Mm-hmm. That was meant to be where people can actually have those conversations and talk. Not in the church, which was meant for prayer. Gotcha. And too often, you know, we'll see people oh, yeah. chatting it up in the church. Don't and get me going about that. The narthex would, I think, be the proper place for those types of uh, conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the narthex, it could also be called the vestibule area, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, traditionally speaking, it's it's the narthex. And um, you might also see, you know, the people who donated to build a church. I've seen a lot of uh, designs of bathrooms, uh, you know, the bathrooms <laughs> in your, in your parish uh, that you used to attend St. Elizabeth, was it uh St. Elizabeth in Cyprus? No, that's uh, Christ the Redeemer. They have a Christ the Redeemer. It's a massive, they have a massive Narthex massive. and they have like a kid's room. They have a gift shop and sacristy, sacristy back yeah. there. The priest sacristy, bathroom, uh, the bathroom, very you know, important like, for my very, kids. You know, they got to do something during they mass. They knew exactly you know? where it was it's the first place they go yeah so yeah there's uh there's a lot of activity going on in the narthex <laughs> <laughs> they'll also be in some of the bigger churches there'll be a room off to one of the sides either going to well a lot of times they'll have the entrance to the office through the narthex absolutely they'll also have um you know in older churches um like the bride's chapel where mm-hmm. the bride will prepare before a wedding right that's her kind of like little space the bridal chamber the bridal chamber that's where we got married at uh, in the bridal s- chamber. No, <laughs> <laughs> must have been a big wedding. Saint uh, Star of the Sea, Saint Mary Star of the Sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a br- bridal. Yeah. Another part that's that's within the church and within the nave is uh, typically the Stations of the Cross. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, on the inside of the church. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, they're going along the outside walls of the inside <laughs> of the church. <laughs> <laughs> inside joke? Inside joke. Sorry, It's Kyle. an inside-outside oh. joke. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, almost every church will have the Stations of the Cross uh, so that, you know, particularly on Good Fridays and Fridays during Lent, yep. you could do that. Uh, some other things of the church that you always see, I mean, you're going to see the baptismal font. Mm-hmm. Uh, baptismal fonts can move around a church quite a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and traditionally the baptistry was really uh, detached from the body of the church mm-hmm. and then started to enter more, de- more, you know, in later history, started to be within the church. So now most parishes have a baptismal font right as you enter into the narthex. You'll see as you enter into the main, the doors within the narthex into the nave, that's typically where the baptismal font is, is right when you enter into the nave. You're Did building you a church. Where do you fall on this? Because there's a, 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 a very vibrant parish in Houston, Prince of Peace. They've got like a swimming pool, man. I mean, it's like you walk into the dadgum thing. I mean, like, what, what, what's I, the I whole idea with that? I am all about full immersion. Like okay. I, I think I think we need to bring at the beach full immersion. <laughs> not at the beach, not at the beach, but we need to bring full immersion back. You know, I I think I think it's an excellent practice. Um, I think it's Easter a hopeful vigil. practice because it's showing that you're anticipating more adults getting baptized. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, in the old churches where everyone assumed that you're going to get baptized like immediately, you'll have these things. They look like almost really big. Wine cups with it's, a lid, yeah. and then you just drop the baby in. Here's yeah. your little baby. He's a Christian enough to peace out. Mm-hmm. But I think you know the the bigger immersion ones really does take into account adult baptism, which you know hopefully we have more of along with baby baptisms. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. Um, oh, did you cool. know that narthex in Greek means giant funnel? Nice. 
You funnel people in, man. That's I didn't it. know that. I didn't either. I mm. thought it meant bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and gift shops. And gift shops. No, that's the Farthex. The Farthex. In case you guys we're can't tell, we're, we're cracking uh, yeah, up over we're, the word Farthex and we're losing yeah, it. Yeah, we're losing it. Um. But we're so glad that you aren't losing us because you're subscribing on all of our platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're on YouTube, if you're on YouTube, punch I that want subscribe all of those, button. I want you to all form a virtual narthex where you funnel down your attention and you hit that subscribe button and click the thumbs up. That's right. And and what? Our patrons are they not the best they in are. the world? I'd love to hang out with them in the narthex someday. <laughs> One day we'll meet in the narthex. Yeah, smell you later. <laughs> um, so, real quick, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, Exodus ninety is a really great app and program for Catholic men uh, to be able to find and reconnect with their spirituality by using fraternity, prayer, and asceticism. It, it helps you kind of. Get rid of and disencumber yourself with a lot of the things in the modern world that take your attention and focus away from God, your family, and from your proper orientation. Um, and if you're looking for a fraternity, they've got a fraternity. You don't even it. have to put up a sign in the Nerthex. It's right you, on the app. You won't stop about the fraternity. I think finder. it's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just it's a great. I mean, it's a great thing. But it's you're a virtual because every time we talk about Exodus ninety, you're talking about the Finder. Well, Ryan, that's what people want. That's what the men want. They need it. They do. I know. So well, if, what about needing? Well, hold on. If you go to Catholic, <laughs> if you go to Exodus90.com, you can try out this app for free. Uh, they got a lot of great, cool features on there. Daily readings. They have uh, reflections. A lot of things that will really help you in this journey and really help you be the man that God wanted you to be in the narthex. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, do you, you know where there is not the narthex and get out to the great outdoors? There you go. And Open there the you doors, go. leave the narthex. Leave the narthex right now. <laughs> go on an expedition. Yeah, we're taking expeditions right now in uh, Colorado and Montana. Beautiful still, trip. Still some openings. Yep. Uh, we have fiat expeditions for the, for for the, the women. women. Yeah, we, we, you know, we got so many comments from the women mm -hmm. about doing this. Yeah. And, and my wife's putting this together. It's awesome. So... Uh, she's so I'm sure it'll be more organized and more properly run. <laughs> well, you need, no to back, you need to go back to the North Dex. Estoveerexpeditions.com. We're going to go rafting, hiking, fishing. Narthex uh, climbing. Narthex climbing. Uh, <laughs> outdoor walls inside. No, it's, uh, it's a beautiful trip. A lot of uh, men forged uh, great relationships that are still lasting today. Uh, it's a small group. Um, and we have mass, confession, we have multiple priests uh, with us. Um, just an amazing time to get outdoors, mm -hmm. to experience God's beauty, uh, and just be surrounded by uh, men who are practicing their faith um, and just be built up in the Lord, you know, uh, mm -hmm. through all these amazing, amazing things that we're going to be doing. So we'll have links to that. So it's estoveerexpedition.com. Yeah. And then Fiat Expeditions, uh, like Father Rich said, there's very few uh, available spots. These are small. So make yeah. sure that if you're interested, uh, go and check it out now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're going to be there. I'll be on yeah. some of them. So it's going to be a really cool thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. So back into the narthex. I think the hope of this episode really was so that when you go into the church to understand that it's not just a building, mm -hmm. that there's meaning built into the very fabric and the very mortar of these walls, right? That's right. Every little area is there for a reason. 
And the more that you can start to see that around you, you can really appreciate it. And then also more deeply partake in what you are coming to the church for, right? It's not just to go and hang out and talk in the narthex. It's to go and experience all these parts and all the things that they lend to the practice of the faith. Yeah, and we're just narthex. so we're just so <laughs> glad that narthex, narthex. We're we're just so glad that you connected with us today and learned a little bit more about the church. Because as Sheila was saying, we got to settle within the church and realize the the reality of being together on this journey toward heaven. And we are within the ship that is that is the church. And it's moving us closer and closer each and every week. Here at the Catholic Talk Show, we send you our best, our prayers, and we thank you for yours. And God bless. We'll see you next week. Dark thanks. Yeah.